Welcome to the BU Be Different podcast from British Fencing. I am your host, Sophie Devote, and I'm flying solo today. My co-host for the first episodes has headed back to his life with his club and his other podcast, Sean. If you're listening, thanks and hello. And meanwhile, we're now on to episode four of the podcast. It's time to meet one of our GBR fencers, foilist Marcus Mepstead. Marcus has had a career that has seen him travel the world and compete and including Rio, the Olympics, I managed to call him on the phone. And as he lives in New York, um, the sound quality of the call sometimes reflects that. But the interview is intriguing. So please enjoy. Marcus Mepstead, thank you so much for joining me on the BUB Different podcast for British Fencing. Thanks all the way from New York. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very glad to be part of this as well. Um, been looking forward to catching up and chatting with you. I'm a little bit homesick, so it's good to hear another British accent. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Um, so we'll dive right into it because I've been really interested to talk to you. I was having a little bit of a read and people can read on the British Fencing website, your bio and your history. But let's start with um, just telling us how, do you remember like the first time you ever held a sword or how did you, how did you start fencing? Tell us how you got into it and, and what, and how it all happened. I guess I started at an after school club. Um, it was like, they used to use uh, the main hall that my, my school had. Uh, I used to do like quite a lot of sports when I was a kid. So I was, I was in the school football team. And one time I was coming back, got dropped off at school to walk back home. Um, and I was walking past the hall. I saw these people like fighting with the swords, um, doing the sport. And I, I'd never seen it before. So I went home, told my mom. I was like, mom, all these people are stabbing each other at school. Like they're, they're fighting with swords. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, it looked really cool. I want to join in. And she was like, okay, yeah. Uh, I don't really understand what's going on, but I'll come and come and check it in, see how it is. So we went to go have a look, and uh, she let me join in. Uh, my older brother did it as well, so we started doing it from then, and, and yeah, I guess it's been I've been doing it ever since. But yeah, I, I think we've experienced um, with British fencing, and often that a sibling will be doing a sport, and that the other sibling kind of gets. Um, bored of watching and ends up wanting to join in I think that's uh it's been an inch I've heard that a few times so I know that with my siblings they will like try what we try we'll try it together so and you play football as well do you still play uh so I don't play so much anymore but yeah I played all the way up until university um I used to play rugby at school as well and I did karate uh as a kid and swimming so I I think my mum just wanted to, to get me out of the house a little bit and kind of get rid of all the energy that I had so I would be doing a lot of sports when I was younger I was, of course, reading through the history of your your career so far and and building it. I mean, what do you what are you bringing into it now? Where are you with it? So I guess like location wise, right now I'm mostly in America, um, training in New York. Uh, I think it's one of the like I guess pretty amazing things that, that fencing offers is is that you can travel the world. I've been oh man, I've been to so many places uh, because of the sport. So that's that's something I'm definitely like very grateful for and appreciate a lot. And yeah, like right now I'm I'm based in New York working as a personal trainer. I got my PT um, level three license after the Olympic Games and kind of in preparation for me to move out here. And yeah, I've been here for about 18 months uh, training with uh, coach Dan Kellner in, in Brooklyn. And yeah, getting ready for, for Olympic qualifying, which just started recently. Wow. Yeah. So quite a, a distance away. Do you have one of those maps that you stick like pins in and say like where you've been in the world? I think they're cool when people put them on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, but I think that'd be a good thing to do to see, to see all the places that I've been to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you were talking about as well, you've, you've moved over there, there's the long distance and 
it's so nice to hear like an English accent and stuff. How is there homesickness? Is that one of the the cons? Like, how do you how do you deal with difficulties like that or the downs? So tell us a little bit about if if you have the the rough times or do they come along? How do you cope with those? I think one of the main things I had like going into into the Rio Olympics, I spent a lot of time building a really strong unit around me. I had outside of the program, I guess I had a gym coach who I'd been working with since 2013, a sports site from the same time around 2013. I was doing video analysis with one of the ladies within the, within the program. It was a really strong team and obviously I had my friends and family like, like around me. So I kind of uprooted and left all that when I moved over here. I guess like I never really experienced homesickness before, but I definitely got that a little bit. And just trying to keep in touch with them. Like I spend a lot of time uh, chatting with my family and friends whenever I can. But also understanding the situation I'm in and kind of appreciating it as well. You know, it's, it's pretty cool that I'm in New York training for fencing. It's not something that I would have thought I would be able to do when I started like at nine years old. So I definitely look for, for like gratitude and appreciating what I have. And I think that helps me a lot when it comes to the difficult moments. Absolutely. I think that mental resilience and being able to turn that around and feel the positive, is that something that you feel happens in your fencing as well? Like if you're having, do you feel like if you're having a struggle in a time, is there something that you do mentally to kind of fight through and get on top of any like negativity that's coming in? Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to to kind of find some positives in everything or or take learning experiences from everything I'm doing. So I, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm a bit of a self-saboteur and I put myself in situations I maybe don't need to overcome, um, but I'm always hard, like working hard to fight through it. I think, yeah, understand, like being appreciative of the situation, being grateful for the situation you're in, creating opportunities and moments, like that's always important for me as well. So I think when it comes to, to my fencing, before, I guess when I was younger, maybe I was a little bit too risk averse and I'd always try and play like quite a safe game. Now it's understanding like when the moments are uh, in the matches where I can kind of be a little bit more risky and when I, where I can, when I can hold back. And I've learned a lot about that actually since, since I moved here, which is nice. And you moved all the way over there as a big journey. Let's talk about Olympic journeys. You see what I did there? That little segue into the next question. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what was your... What's your biggest sort of learning or or take home? Because you you were at Rio. Um, what is there that did you learn from that? What, that? Have you integrated it like into your training or your competition? How did that change you? My biggest learning from the Rio uh, Olympic Games probably was that I could compete with the best. Like my level was up there, and it sounds weird, but I, I really took from it. I was actually a pretty good fencer, and and I could do it. Uh, it was it was quite nice. I put in a lot of work. I do work really hard in training and I feel like like I have to work very hard to to keep it up. So it was nice to kind of get a confirmation that the work I was doing was along the right track. And that's definitely something I take into my training here. You know, it's it's obviously different when I before I was on a world class program. I had that unit around me and now I'm a little bit more isolated. I have a great coach that I'm working with, but a lot of the other stuff I'm I'm getting feedback I guess through WhatsApp or chatting to my gym coach, he'll send me the program and I'll get it done. The same, I'm looking at like videos by myself or with the coach I'm working through. Now I know, at least I know that the the training and the level that I need to put in is on the right track from what I did in Rio. So that's that's definitely something I take forward to uh, every training session. Right. So like, you know what that looks like and that sort of validation of you're on the right track is, yeah, that's really good to hear. You So you've experienced the 
the Rio journey, do you think there's um, something you're looking forward to learning through? Because we're, we're now going into the Tokyo qualification journey. Listeners who are listening in the future, we're recording this um, in 2019. So we're looking forward to Tokyo. What are you looking for, Marcus, out of this journey? Having done Rio, is there something else that you're hoping to um, discover with this Tokyo qualification journey? I was thinking about it the other day. It's, this is like a completely different journey. It would have been I would have loved to build on the Rio one, like kind of what I developed and what I built on from from that. But this Tokyo qualification journey, I feel it's like a whole different path. Like I talked a little bit about like the isolation, like not having that unit, but also having to to like find funding to ask people for support. I've kind of had to learn how to market myself a little bit better towards sponsors. It's it's no longer yeah, it's not the same as as the Rio journey. So I think it's it's. I don't really know what I'm going to be taking out of it at the end. Like I'm, I'm really interested to see like how everything comes together, how I'm managing it, how I'm able to manage the mistakes. It just feels like a completely new experience. So it's really interesting, like comparing the two. Yeah. Different challenges and, and expectations. I think we have, we've definitely become part of this bigger conversation as, as you'll know, and UK sport at the moment have been encouraging more Olympic sports to show the positive social impact sport can have. We're talking to athletes like yourself or looking at how sport can inspire and make people just have those magic moments that they're watching or making them feel something and inspire them to maybe make change in their lives. Do you think fencing inspires others? And do you think you have or athletes have that kind of, there's almost this like, there's a social responsibility discussion to the things that you're learning are you able to inspire give back in some way what do you think about all of that i think it's i think it's a really nice idea it's it's interesting as well obviously when i first started when i was nine years old you don't think about that aspect and i don't know how many people go into the sport and say i want to do this sport so i can inspire the others inspire others but interestingly enough like me watching sport was an inspiration itself like seeing when Kelly Holmes won the double gold in the Olympics, that was that's an Olympic moment I just remember so much. And I got to meet her in um, at a UK school games event. And she wasn't like, I don't think she was purposely trying to be inspiring in that sense. She was just, she'd done the hours training. She was going for her, her medal during the Olympic games. And then when, when I met her at the UK, uh, UK school games and she gave me my medal at the event, she just said a nice like, oh, you, like you fenced really well. You looked like really good when you were doing doing the, the during the fight, and it was just like a nice compliment, something like that. But it was very inspiring. So I think it's I think through the hard work and and kind of what you're doing, hopefully it inspires people and it shows that that you can kind of pull through or dig deep from from difficult situations, and I think that's inspiring in itself. Um, whether people have to go out like and purposely do it. I think is is another thing but I think it's nice to for me I, I think it's nice to be able to give back to people to, to be able to support people like I'm the, the setup I have now in Brooklyn is is very different before I was on like a world-class program now I'm working in a or in, training in a club like uh, everyone has their different goals some people are trying to get into college some people are doing it just because they really love the sport but the nice thing is that when it comes to the fencing, I can help a lot of people. I can give them feedback and technical, tactical stuff. Um, obviously, with my, my personal training, I can help people from a strength and conditioning point of view, but through nutrition, through sports psych. And I feel like 
overall it kind of all comes together and hopefully it's inspiring or hope it's it's just helpful in some way to people to if they ever need to kind of come out of a tough situation or dig deep they can find a little bit of value in that and kelly holmes i mean it's absolutely inspiring with you talking about her journey and, and it was I, I didn't know you'd met her that's amazing and she's also gone on to create massive um opportunities with her um sports programs now and trying to bring sport to like different coastal towns around the uk and so her experience has enabled a lot more people to access things that could change their lives and we'd hope do you think that your your journey will continue into um bigger and better things like that yeah i think that'd be really nice i know um, a couple of fencers actually who when they finished they joined the Kelly Holmes Trust and they've they've been working through that and I think it's a really nice thing to do like I've I've taken so much from from my sport like it's given me a lot yeah just to, to be able to give back in that way and help someone experience kind of the same thing is, would be a great thing to do for sure and that's I'm always when I was on the world class program I felt like I was always trying to do that with the young guys and the same here even if the level is not for for the Olympics just some of the some of the guys in the US were trying to to get the results to be able to go into to their colleges and to be able to support them with that and then when they were able to make it was was yeah a very nice experience absolutely so you i mean we spoke about the very inspiring Kelly Holmes who inspired you the most do you think like throughout your career if you had someone like a, your person that you've really been inspired by is there an individual or is it a general thing i guess from within like my my fencing itself probably my parents i think my mom and dad um they it was it was kind of like a really nice full circle getting to the rio olympics and being able to help kind of bring them out there and them watch me compete um when when i first started we'd be going to to like international competitions in like germany or france and we'd load up the car like drive down wake up early in the morning drive down and the same for domestic competitions they would take me a lot of places so I, I think like there is pretty inspiring what they were able to do and the sacrifice they make to, to put me through this sporting career that I've had um, definitely is something that I appreciate a lot and and like I said it was a huge like aside from the the technical and tactical learning stuff that I got from Rio like I, the biggest I would say the most poignant memory I have is, is just like looking in the crowd and just seeing them and like my, my friends and kind of, they were like nervous and proud, like all these mixed emotions I could see when they were waiting for me to go and compete. But it was it was nice to have that full circle. Um, really, really nice to be able to share that with them. So that's, in terms of fencing, like a big inspiration. I guess, yeah, like pe- people like Kelly Holmes, Serena Williams, like Michael Jordan, they're, they're, pe- they're sports people that I look up to a lot. Um, Roger Federer as well, like I always try and follow what they're doing and, and really enjoy when they they put themselves in a tough situation, they're able to to dig deep out of it. Um, yeah, so kind of like a mix. It's good to hear that, yeah, there's a mix. And I think it's relevant to across sports, isn't it? It's not just fencing. To find that inspiration, I think just this whole resilience and being able to, as you say, dig deep, that's the thing about it. What would you say to our listeners, anyone, fencer or non-fencer, whether they've ever picked up a foil or if they've never fenced, if they're just looking for change in their life, they might be starting to follow your journey. What What would you like to say on how they could perceive you, your story or... What's what's your word for, for everyone listening? I guess one of the things I'm finding a lot of strength in right now is like my love for the sport. It's, 
it kind of feels like I'm enjoying it for the same reasons as when I started uh, 20 years ago, um, 20 years ago now. And I just, it would be nice, I think, if people remember that feeling um, whenever they're working hard for, for their goals or for their dreams. Yeah, just don't lose sight of that, kind of like the good times, uh, the enjoyment you had as a kid. I think it can really take you places. After we stopped recording, we continued to chat. We we were really talking about fencing and spires and, and how this inspiration could help others change their lives, whether they were sports people or not. Marcus studied economics. He talked a lot about how the banking system had had a fear of failure and how tech industries had to learn that failure was a learning opportunity. And he also spoke about how children should be encouraged to have fun when they're young and be given opportunities to learn how losing sort of in quotation marks that losing at the age of nine or 10, when Marcus started fencing, shouldn't bring you to tears, but be turned into something positive, something that you can build on and learn about. He also said that one of the things he sometimes asks of his uh, younger fencers when he first meets them coaching is to write down what they love about their sport and I thought that was a lovely piece of advice he asks them to to write it down naturally on a piece of paper and, and stash it away and be able to bring that back bring that out at a later date I I wish I could have um, read what the nine-year-old Marcus would have written this episode of be you be different is brought to you by pulse roll They produce vibrating foam rollers and products that help athletes strengthen, prepare and recover faster, which is really important if you're training hard and want to get the most out of your training. Take a look at their website, pulseroll.com, and you can use the discount code BF20 to save at their website. Thanks, Pulseroll.